Open your Bibles, if you would, please, this morning to Proverbs chapter 3. Proverbs chapter 3. And I'm excited to hear uh, all of the, you know, I've gotten some feedback from some folks about how uh, the latest ministry focus and teaching has been blessing them and helping them. So thrilled to hear that. And uh, God, I'm telling you, God's just really on the move in a lot of different ways. Man, we've, I just, time's progressing, but uh, have time to tell it all, but we've seen people healed. We've seen people come to the Lord. We've seen people filled with the Holy Ghost. We've seen people delivered from uh, just mean attacks of the devil. Just bam, God just set them free. And uh, just it's just such a wonderful time. God's been speaking in different venues. We had a wonderful meeting with the men on Friday. And God, God moved by the Spirit. We heard prophecy. It was just great. And uh, so we're just so thrilled at uh, what God's doing across the body of Christ. It's just a great time uh, to be in the kingdom. Amen. Not so good a time to be in the world, but a great time to get in the kingdom. Uh, let's bow our heads. Father, we look to you today to open up the eyes of our understanding. Glory to God about how and keys and uh, the principles and just, just light, Father. The know-how, the understanding of what it is to be led by you. To hear your voice, to follow you, to be guided by your Spirit day by day. And I just pray, Father, that you'd use me again this morning. I just humble myself before you, Father. I just pray that everything that is Chris would just step out of the way. And I would just yield myself to you the best I know how. That you'd use my hands, my feet, my voice, my mind, my thoughts, everything to communicate to these, your precious people, your heart, your word, your mind, the things that the Spirit would have me to do and say. Lord, I thank you that on their side, their hearts are open, their minds are alert, they're here, they're not somewhere else. They're pulling on the gift, they're in faith, they're expecting, they're receiving and they're responding. And that way we know they'll leave changed. They'll leave further equipped. And God, what great, great testimonies will come as we learn to navigate these uh, troubled waters of life we're living down here on this planet, but victoriously and successfully. God, we give you all the praise and thanks for this. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You know, uh, I heard it said one time that, uh, well, it was Brother Hagin. He said, if I could help you uh, to learn to hear from God and to be led by His Spirit, then I've helped you in every arena of life. And that's, that's primo topic right there. That's primo subject because for a pastor. Because if, you know, we only have so, just such limited time together. You know, you maybe think our, our services are longer. But listen, guys, I mean, uh, some of you only come on Sunday. You should come on Wednesday and the, some of the other things. But, uh, you know, we're talking about two hours a week out of hundreds of hours or, you know, more than 100 hours, you know, whatever. And uh, so if I can focus on something and teach you something that helps you in every arena of life, then that's, that's primo ground right there. And this is one of those subjects. If I could help you learn to hear from God and to be led by His Spirit, I have helped you with your marriage. I have helped you with your children. I have helped you at your job. I have helped you in your finances. I've helped you become a better investor. <laughs> I have helped you in uh, dealing with demons. I, I have helped you with your health. I mean, I have helped you in divine protection. I have helped you in every arena of life if, by God's grace, I could help you be better at being led by the Spirit. So I hope you're paying attention. <laughs> Amen. Glory to God. How often should we be led? Come on, every day, every day, every day, amen? And in how many areas should we be led? I would say in every area you want victory in. You know? Don't shut God out of particular areas. Invite Him into every area. Look at this with me in Proverbs 3. Proverbs 3, verse 5. Trust in the Lord. Amen? He didn't say trust in yourself. He said trust in the Lord. Amen. With all of your heart. How much? With all of your heart, all of your insides, all of your being, all of your spirit, trust in the Lord. Amen. With all your heart, I like this, and lean not. Lean not 
On what? On your own understanding. Now, this is one of those refrigerator scriptures. This is one that you've probably heard a lot. You know, you may have this on a plaque somewhere. But do you practice it? Day by day, how much of the day, how much of your focus are you leaning on, depending on, relying on what you understand, what you think, what you know? I'm preaching to me too. Hallelujah. No, we've got to live this verse, not just have it on a plaque. Trust in the Lord. With all your heart, Mm -hmm. all your heart, Mm -hmm. and don't lean. You ever leaned up, you really put your weight up against a post or a a building? Amen. Brother David, stand up out here with me. Praise God. Amen. You know what, like like in martial arts, what a base stance is? Yeah, okay. (laughs) Maybe shift that way. No, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Give me something to lean on. There you go. Okay. <laughs> now, am I, am I leaning? Am I really relying? If I've offended Brother David, I mean, he could really give me a what for right now, right? <laughs> I mean, I'm not just giving lip service. Are you okay? I'm not just giving lip service. I, I'm, I'm doing it. If he doesn't stay up, upright and faithful and hold me up, I'm going down. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Yes, sir. Amen. Amen. Come on. What's he saying? Lean yeah. not on your own knowledge, That's right. your own wisdom, yeah. what you know, what you understand. Yeah. But instead, the implication is, Lean, rely on, depend on. I mean, put, put all your weight on it. I mean, really get yourself out there on, on the water. On the Lord. Amen. One way to interpret this would be trust in the Lord or trust in the Word. Trust in the Word with all your heart and not what you understand. You know, when I read my Bible, I, I endeavor to take my current level of thinking and measure it up against what I just read. Amen? And I've got to retrain the way I think to not lean on the way I've thought and the way I've been taught, but to trust entirely on what the Word says. Amen. I mean, where it counts. Not giving lip service to by His stripes, I'm healed, but I mean, I'm leaning on that. I'm counting on that verse being true in my life. It's not just some frivolous Christian doctrine to me that I throw around, but I don't live it, I don't believe it. I, you know, if I can't get it by medical science alone, then that's just it. No, I'm leaning. I am depending. I have thrown all my weight for my health onto verses like that, onto promises like that. And if, God, if that verse isn't able to hold me up, then I'm going to go down. And when I go down, I'm going to get to heaven, I'm going to say, what's up? Because I put all my eggs in your word basket and I sank. You know how many know that's not going to happen? It's never happened. It's never happened to a single soul. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not unto your own understanding. When you come into pressure, when you come into situations and great questions and you've got to decide what you're going to do, what direction you're going to go, amen, remember... Don't lean on your own understanding. So he's telling us what not to do. But in verse 6, he tells us what to do. Amen? He tells us further what to do. Look at verse 6. In all of your ways. How many? Would that include your parenting ways? Would that include your career ways? Would that include your church ways? Amen. Every way. Money, health, Everything, family, marriage, parenting, 
I'm going to trust in the Lord with all my heart. I'm not going to lean on what I know. I'm not going to lean on what I understand with my mind. Amen. But in all of my ways, I am going to acknowledge Him. I'm going to acknowledge Him. And what's His promise? If we'll do those things. He will direct your paths. Come on. Now, this verse tells us into what areas God involves Himself to help us. He doesn't intrude to help you because He knows and sees you need help. Only in the areas that you acknowledge Him, that you look to Him, will you receive help from Him in that area. Many, sure, they'll talk to him about a great many things, but not about money. They don't, they're not going to talk to God about money. They don't want to hear from God about money. Money is their realm. That's my concern. Well, fine. He will not direct your path financially. You will. Hope that works for you. But if you will acknowledge Him, if you will involve Him, if you will ask Him, if you will seek Him, if you will invite Him, He will direct you in that area. If you will honestly and with a sincere heart, when you come up against marriage difficulty, look to the Lord, not acting like, don't, don't come into that moment with Lord, God, I know I'm right, I know I'm right, I know I'm right, and I'm here to just ask you to help her know that I'm right. You're leaning on your own understanding, aren't you? (laughs) Amen. But it's quite possible that you... You know, I found out in a marriage, it's not all about even being right. Right. It's about walking in love. Even more than it is about being right. right. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But when I come before God and I'm open and I'm sincere and I'm listening and I say, Father, my marriage isn't where I want it to be and it's not what I believe your word pictures that we could have. Would you help me? Would you talk to me? Come on. Then He is going to begin to direct you and talk to you and help you because you asked Him. You invited Him. Moms and dads, when you come up against issues with your kids... You don't have to run to the therapist first. You don't even have to run to your mama first. You run to God. God knows what's up with little Johnny. He made little Johnny. He wired him. He formed him. He fashioned him wonderfully in his mother's womb. And he knows your little one better than you do. Amen. Uh, But so father help me. Give me wisdom. I look to you. Help me to guide my teenager through this hour. Amen. Amen. How could I get through to them? How could I help them? How could I bless them? How could I guide their path? So again, before we go on, what areas are you going to receive God's involvement, aid, and help? Only the areas you acknowledge Him. But again, don't forget verse 5. When you acknowledge Him, it means you're not out to get just His endorsement on your way. Don't lean on your own understanding, but trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him. And He will direct your path. Amen? Now go over with me to the book of Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3. And so for a number of weeks here, we've been exploring and talking about the primary way other than the written word that God leads all of His children through what we call the inward witness or an inward knowing, an inward perception that He gives. It's not even in words that you could quote, though many times in my experience, I can hear Him talk to me down in Chris talk, down in Kentucky talk, and Oklahoma talk, or King James talk, or whatever. And I could quote what he said to me. Thank God for those times. 
But the vast majority of the time, day by day, he just he leads me by this inward witness. And that's the number one primary way that he's going to lead you. And so we need to be really gaining expertise. Amen. In learning to identify this inward witness. Amen. And, uh, oh, okay, yeah, keep your finger here in Colossians, but we're not quite ready. I thought, well, let's just jump to it, but we're not ready for that yet. Go to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. We'll get to Colossians momentarily, I trust. Romans chapter 8. Where's Romans? There it is. Hallelujah. Romans chapter 8. Look with me for a moment at verse 5 and 6. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. But they that are after the Spirit, the things, or they mind the things of the Spirit. Remember, if you've been with us, if you've not, go back and catch up. You're a spirit. You have a soul. You live in a body. And God's not leading you through your five senses. He's not leading you through outward circumstances. He's not leading you through feelings, thoughts, reason, and emotions. But He is contacting you from where He is. And God is a spirit. And He has come to, remember sweet tea, He has come to indwell your spirit. Your spirit. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. The Bible in many, many places indicates even a location. He said, out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. Amen. So not your head, but I always point here to my insides, to my spirit. That's where the leadings are going to come from. Amen. But the more we are the people that mind the things of the flesh, then you're going to be dominated by flesh. But if you will become a person that minds the things of the Spirit, then, well, let's, let's read that more specifically, and it'll, it'll bring out what I'm endeavoring to bring out. For they that mind the things of the flesh, they that are after the flesh, they do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. Verse 6, for to be carnally minded, now that word carnally just means to be fleshly or naturally minded. What does that produce? Death. That doesn't sound like anything good. But for those who are spiritually minded, come on, what does that produce? Life and peace. Life and peace. Amen. And, uh, you know, you can, you, you can do things that would greatly increase your spiritual sensitivity. So that you're not what the Bible calls in Hebrews, someone that's dull of hearing. You can become dull of hearing. God's speaking, but you are dull of hearing. People who are overly minding the things of the natural are dull of hearing when it comes to spiritual things. They aren't giving enough of their, and this is where your mind can be an asset, they aren't minding, thinking about, involving themselves enough in things of the Spirit to be sensitive of the Spirit. And therefore they are dominated by their natural fleshly inclinations, and therefore they experience the category of death, failure, amen, lack of victory, amen, become dull of hearing, and their lives don't take on the blessing and the fruit that they should. Amen. You know... uh, Just one little quick survey, a verbal survey I took. Very, very informal. It was a little alarming to me as a pastor. And, you know, I kind of suspect this a little bit. But, you know, we could have a lot of hearing, a lot of church coming, a lot of attending, and a lot of hearing going on. But I wonder how many of you out there are really spending any time in prayer with the Father. How many of you are spending any real time in your Bible? Amen. If, if you're not spending, and I, what that is for each one of us, I have a much greater responsibility to be 
right? I get paid to be in the Word. I get paid to be before God for your benefit. Amen? And I'm honored by that. So I have a much greater responsibility than the average person. But there's, uh, you're just not going to make it with dust on your Bible all week. You've got to have some time with God. You've got to read your Bible for yourself. You've got to talk to the Father. You've got to be quiet in the Father's presence and listen. If you mind the things of the natural all day long, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and think about your own schedule. We get Dan, I got to work, we got to get this, we got extracurricular activity, and then I got the grass, and then we got to clean the house, we got to take the trash, and then, and then that pastor was talking about my sock drawer, so I get my sock drawer, and I get that, and that, and that, and I got to wash the car. And, but where's God in all this? And if you're just, you know, there's got to be, so you're going to have to put your foot to the neck of your schedule to carve out some time with God. Oh, it's in these last days. Or you're just going to come in here and hear a good message and you will have knowledge, but you won't benefit from the knowledge because you're not doing anything with it. You've got to be doers of the Word. Amen. So the more spiritually minded we are, the more aware, the more conscious, the more we meditate, the more we pray, the more we worship God. And you can do this on the move. I said you can worship God on the move. Amen. You can fellowship with God going down the aisle of the grocery store and not be weird about it. Amen. You talk to God all the time. Acknowledge God all the time. Hallelujah. And He'll help you in all things. Amen. Praise God. Y'all listening? But you've you got to just make Him your, your, your daily companion, your, your daily partner. But it is true. You're going to have to sit yourself down and, and say, Kids... I'm going to get you where you need to be to a limit. But i got to have 30 minutes with Jesus. Yeah. Goodbye. Don't knock on the door. Come on. Amen. Yep. Amen. Yep. And go walk the back 40 if you got 40. And lean up against a tree and listen to the birds and get quiet and talk to God for 10 minutes. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Praise God. So we don't want to be carnally minded. We want to be spiritually minded. And when we're spiritually minded, notice there's, some, there's an element here. It produces life and it produces peace. Now let's see if we can go to Colossians. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Colossians chapter 3. One of the great, 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 great keys to being led by the Spirit and making decisions is Colossians 3.15. Colossians 3.15 should be a verse you know. It should be a verse you major in. It should be a verse, especially in the Amplified Translation, that you are aware of and practicing. So let's point it out to us, because that may be new to some folks. And so I'll read it first in the King James. It says, uh, Colossians 3, 15, And let the what? Let the peace of God rule in your hearts. We're trusting the Lord, what? With all of our heart. What are we looking for? Peace. Peace. Let the peace of God rule in your heart, to which also you are called in one body, and be ye thankful. Now, I love this in the Amplified. We could put this up in the Amplified for everyone. It says, And the peace of Christ must rule in your hearts. To which you were called in one body and be thankful. That's not, uh, that's a, the Lexham is in the wrong translation here. Technology, isn't it great? Colossians 3. Now yeah, we're going to be there. All right. Yeah, it matches. Look at this. Colossians 3.15, the classic amplified. And let the peace, the soul harmony, which comes from Christ, rule. Now notice this phrase. Act as an umpire continually. We are to let the peace of God be the umpire on a continual, ongoing basis. So hold that in your thinking. Let the peace of God act as an umpire continually in your hearts. I love this bracketed phrase, deciding and settling with finality. All questions that arise in your minds. 
in that peaceful state to which as members of Christ's one body you are also called to live and be thankful. So glory to God. Let's look at this a moment. The witness of the Spirit is the peace of God imparted. Not necessarily words you hear. But it's the inward fruit of peace on the inside. Now, if you're taking notes, listen, I'm not talking about peace of mind. I'm not talking about agreeable emotions. I'm talking about the inward peace born in and quickened in your spirit. When you have that, that is God's green light. God's red light would be to reach in and take that away, regarding that thing you're considering. God's red light is, uh, His no is the absence of that wonderful peace. Amen. And so when I walk around, I'm thinking about doing something. And it's okay, you should think about doing something. And I bring it up with key players like my wife or my staff or my board, my spiritual parents. And then I'm praying about it. And I'm walking around and I'm thinking about it. If, if I try to make that decision and go that way, but inside I just, I, I, I say I can't get there. When, when, you know, for two years in a row, my wife and I, I applied to Rama to go to Rama Bible Training Center. Great school, nothing wrong, Kenneth Hagen, all of that. But as we approached actually having to move and get there, I just, I just couldn't get it settled. I'd roll on my bed. I, I, just, I just couldn't get there in my head. I could not figure that out. I'm called to the ministry. God is using Kenneth Hagin's ministry mightily to bless and teach and train my life. Why would I not go there? I had a mentor telling me, you got to go there. I had my grandmother lived 20 minutes from the school. I had a place to stay. A lot of students, that's a big deal. They don't have a place to stay. I had a path. I had a way. I could do it. But in me, I just couldn't. I was agitated. I was unsettled. I did not have peace about it. So I didn't do it. Then I tried it again the next year. And it was the same thing. It wasn't that it was wrong in the natural. God had ordained a different path for me to walk in training for ministry. Amen. Now looking back on it now, I'm glad. That he, one of the things, he, he didn't stick me in a Bible class. He had me reading all that material. But he put me in the basement uh, of the business office of a 1500 multi-million dollar a year church. And as I learned, I, I learned how to build million dollar buildings. I did it without the pressure and without my name on it as an assist under my pastor. So when God gave this assignment to me here, they don't offer a semester of how to deal with contractors and banks and insurance and workman's comp and materials and purchasing at Rama Bible Training Center that I know of. God knows what He's doing. He's not going to tell you everything He's doing. That's where it goes back to trust in the Lord with all of your heart. If you want to buy that car, you want to buy it. You, you want to buy it, but you just can't get there on the... Don't do it. Don't do it. I've had people come in and tell me, I just, well, you know, that I'm going to take this job. Well, yeah, yeah, I think I have peace, but okay. And then, well, they're miserable. Well, they miss God. Amen. We just need to admit where we miss God. You won't be the first or the second or the 1,000th one that missed God. We're not going to stop missing God until we start identifying, you know, I miss God. Amen. So look at this again. And let the peace, let the peace of God act as an umpire. Now, we know this. 
We know what the word umpire, right? Let's just take baseball. Baseball, you know, you have a pitcher. Y'all with me? You have a batter and you have a home plate. All right, so if Rex down there is the pitcher, he's probably not 90 feet away, whatever. And I'm the batter and I have the home plate. I got a guy standing behind me. Now there's this invisible box, right? The strike zone. Now I don't get to call. The batter doesn't get to call balls and strikes. Right? Or he'd go, that's a ball. Right? But the pitch comes in. The umpire, what's his job? Ball, strike, foul, whatever. Then let's say you got runners on second and third. And the batter knocks one out into right field. And it's in the grass. And you got a uh, runner coming home. And then a the guy on second, he's rounding third, he's going to come all the way home. But by this time, the outfielder, he has thrown the ball to the catcher. And the guy slides in and you got a big puff of smoke. And the catcher gets the ball and he goes, you're out. And the runner jumps up and goes, I'm safe. Who decides it? Not the catcher. Not the runner. The umpire. The umpire stands there and what does he do? He goes, you're out. You're out. Right? And what he says, that's it. It's decided with finality. Other times, this runner will slide in and he'll go, save. All right, let's apply that picture and that image to what Paul's saying here. Let what you think decide with finality. Let your personal emotional preference decide with finality. Let the opinion of your favorite guru, rabbi, mentor decide it. Nope. Good counsel, that's a good thing. But that's not where we make the final decision. Let the what? The peace of God act as umpire continually, deciding with finality. All questions. All questions. All que- Should I buy this house? All questions. Should I marry this person? All questions. All questions. What school should I? All questions. Should I buy? All questions. What church should I? All questions. Not looking for a voice. Not praying for a vision. Not expecting God to talk to you in a dream. He can do all those things if He wants to. But you are to let the peace of God. Should I have this procedure? Should I not? Should I have this surgery? Should I not? Should I let my children go here, go there? Be involved with this, be involved with that. Is this person uh, coming into my friends as a friend into my child's life? Is this good or bad? All these questions you are to be led in. I am to be led in. And what am I looking for? What's going to decide it? So some little, some little person knocks on our door. Hey, can, little, you know, can faith come out and play? I'm not going to decide it. I'm not going to decide it. I'm going to let the peace of God decide it. Yeah. On very few occasions when our kids were small, our kids were invited by, you know, we, don't have any, we don't know anybody else but church people. And uh, but we had some you know, wonderful church people, and they'd invite you know, uh, our, one of our children or all of our children over to play, over to hang out. On very few occasions, I remember one specifically, both mom and I, we just had a, hmm, uh, what is that all about? We like them. Don't have any reason to mistrust, distrust that family, that environment, their home life. But you have this, you know, I want to say yes. Why can't I say yes? But I've learned to pay attention. Well, we just decided we were going to act on that. They weren't going. That puts you in a little bit of an awkward spot. So, hey, brother. No, they're not coming. Oh, I'm sorry, you guys had plans? Are you gonna, am I going to lie? Um, no, no, we don't have any plans. Well, why can't they come? Well, uh, Mom and I just don't have peace about it. 
Now, that's not how that church person had. They were fine with it. But you can understand how people can put pressure on you. They want a reason. You have to articulate it. And we just basically said, look, we don't know. We just don't know. But it just seems good to us to keep them at home today. Well, what happened, Pastor? Nothing. Nothing. You know what that means? No emergency room. No kidnapping. No trip to the hospital. Nothing. Hello. Praise God. And it is not hard, amen, to be led by peace. You know when you have peace in here and when you don't. It's not hard. You know. Amen. But the enemy now, he's clever. And, and he's got strategies. And if he can, he is going to try to muck up the waters. And he is going to try to get you in your feelings. And he is going to try to get you confused and wrought up and all sorts of things if he can. To get you to make a decision other than letting the peace of God decide. So, you know, when that, when that question came up, that invitation, my children go there, the umpire said, you're out. So I let it decide. In the vast majority of other cases, the witness of the Spirit is safe. And so we let them go. We never had an issue. Never had a problem. Because God's always looking out for our kids. He's always looking. And God's always looking out for your kids too. But you've got to acknowledge Him in all of your ways. And you've got to understand what to look for. What you're looking for. Amen? Just real quick. Y'all got to look. You okay? Amen. Uh, go to 1 Corinthians 14 real quick. You know, um, when I came home that day from work back in Oklahoma, working for the church, and um, my wife said, uh, you remember Danny Chambers or Danny Austin? Now, that's the previous pastor here. Uh, Amber said, you remember Danny Austin? I said, yeah, I remember him. He used to be on staff at the same church that I attended before he came here. In fact, I had his position. Anyway, um, she said, uh, well, he called you and wants you to call him back. And up out of me, up out of my heart, I said this. I said, he's going to give me that church. And then I went, my wife went. It, it, I didn't come out of my head. I barely knew, I barely knew Danny, Chamber, uh, Danny Austin. You could tell. Sweet guy. I didn't know where Paducah was. I didn't know what a Paducah was. But up out of my spirit, I said, he's going to give me that church. And then we said, no. I got back in my head. He got back in my flesh, right? No. Well, then I called him back. And I mean, sure as shooting, Miss Carrie. He said, well, I tell you what, I've got this opportunity to go to join Joyce Myers Ministry in St. Louis. God told me to go. I'm going to go. And I've been praying. God gave me your name. I've already talked to Pastor Kirk. And you're it. I didn't know what continent he was on. Well, I said, well, that's just real sweet. Nice. Appreciate that. And it's nice to be thought of, but... Where are you? And that conversation really didn't go anywhere. But then he stayed after it. He kept calling me. He finally talked us into coming to visit. He said, come visit. Come check it out at least. Come check it out. And uh, we'll, we'll let you preach. Come preach for us. Be a guest. And... Uh, I mean, they took us to every nice place Paducah had to offer. I mean, they took us to Patty's to eat. They took us downtown the riverfront. I mean, they, they, they just high cotton. And uh, we took a tour of the building. And uh, Amber said, uh, I left that tour of the building. She said to us later, I couldn't tell you anything about that building. I wasn't paying attention because I'm not coming. She wasn't taking note of 
the facility and the office and the sanctuary. She was there, but she wasn't paying attention. Why? Because she wasn't coming. We, we drove the, the big trip out here. And uh, man, that's a long drive. And uh, I preached, had a good service, ate his patties, and, and we got the car to go home. And we both said to ourselves, it's just too far. Sweet church. Sweet church, wonderful people. But uh, it's just too far. We're not coming. Isn't that right? We're not coming. So we, we, got, we got to the hotel. We sat down and I'm like, well, that's good. But no, we're not going. Yeah. <laughs> and we decided. We weren't interested. We already had a plan. We were going to start a church in Norman or someplace. And uh, so we got in the car to go home. And uh, it was about halfway. All the way we were talking about how sweet it was, how nice it was, but we're glad it's just too stinking far away. We just had the first grandbaby in the family. Faith was about seven months old at that time. Only grandbaby in the family. So, I mean, we're just not coming. But about halfway home, I... You just check me. But we just kind of looked at each other. And we knew. We just, isn't that right, babe? We just, we looked at each other and we both knew we're moving, aren't we? What's that? No, it, there was a, all of a sudden he dropped the peace in. And the joy in. And we looked at each other and went, oh, man, we're moving, aren't we? Wow. Now, we still went home, and I checked it with my man of God. I didn't tell my man of God. I checked. I asked my man of God. And, I, uh, and we, we prayed much more. I said we prayed much more, but we got the witness right then in the form of a... And we didn't want to come. But in here, the peace. And what the Spirit was saying was, safe. You're safe. Amen. We made a move like that. For us, an earth-shaking, major move in our life. Based on a witness. Based on where we had peace. Amen. Some people have had much more dramatic experiences over, uh, situ- you know, over decisions that heavy. But not, not us. I didn't see an angel. Jesus didn't walk into my bedroom, sit down with me and talk for an hour and a half. Now you walk it out 20 years later, the fruit is the fruit. The fruit is the fruit. Amen. And many who were tremendous critics and skeptics and people who loved us in our family that didn't want to see us go have recognized the fruit is the fruit. Hallelujah. Listen, we're safe following that. But listen, I'm, I've got an end. I know we've got a football game. Uh, yeah, Amen. You found 1 Corinthians 14? Look at verse 31. I didn't turn there. But I believe it says, God is not the author of confusion. 33. 1 Corinthians 14, 33. God is not the author of confusion. But of what? Peace. Peace is so valuable, Brother Marty. Peace. Peace. God works in peace. If you're spiritually minded, what does it produce? Romans 8, peace. What's acting as an umpire? What's decided? What is the green light of the Spirit? Peace. 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 God works in peace. He moves in peace. He leads in peace. But the devil is exactly the opposite. You know, the the peace of God is one of those things. You know, if you ask God to, okay, God... 
you look at your natural circumstance, you're trying to figure out what God's doing, what God's saying. The devil plays in that realm. He can mimic that realm. He can deceive you in that realm. Okay, you start looking for a voice. Well, he can produce a voice. You look for a, a vision or, a, or an entity to come up and show you something. He can imitate all that. He can imitate dreams. He can mimic visions. He can transform himself into an angel of light. He can mimic almost every one of God's other ways of speaking and leading, except he is a foreigner to peace. There is nothing peaceful about him. He is a fear-filled, disturbed, tormented being. And all of his demons are the same way. And when they show up talking niceties, what what they are comes off of them. The ickiness, the fear, the worry. They cannot imitate and copy the peace of God in your spirit. Amen. It is an authenticator uh, tool about a leading from God is that you've got peace in your spirit about it. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. The enemy, though, he's the author of confusion. If you're confused, you're not being led. If you're confused, that's not God. Don't act in confusion. Don't be moved by confusion. Don't make a decision in line with confusion. He's the author. The devil is the author of confusion. Amen. God is the author of peace. Quick, quick couple of nuggets that will help you before we go. Don't call relief the peace of God. A lot of people, they, they are under pressure. They're under financial pressure. They're under family pressure, job pressure, mental pressure, whatever. They are under pressure. Right? And if you're normal, you want that pressure off of you. And a lot of times what we do is we, we're going a direction in God and the enemy counters with a whole lot of pressure. And what we end up doing is backing off. And then what we do when we back off, we sense the relief from the pressure and we call that the peace of God. Nope. You got led by the devil. The devil is actually leading a lot of Christians on a leash. Those Christians go everywhere he wants them to go because he is putting pressure on them and they're... Amen. Yeah, the devil, he knows us all intimately. He knows how to push your buttons, brother. And he knows, you you know, you put him in this circumstance and he's going to lust sure enough. You put him in this circumstance, he's going to cuss her out sure enough. Mm -hmm. Amen? Some people just learn, oh, okay, oh, you're going to tithe, are you? Oh. You know, the devil comes to church. Oh, you're going to tithe? Oh. And that week the dishwasher breaks, the transmission falls out in the driveway. Your daughter needs an extra hundred. Your boss starts cutting back your hours. Pressure. Pressure. It backs you out of tithing. And you feel relieved because you got more money in, in the moment. You're not feeling the pressure. And, but don't call that the peace of God, sweetie. Peace. Well, God's peace is with you in the heat, in the fire, under pressure. Amen. The peace of God will be there. But a lot of people, they're calling the peace of God relief. It's not. Amen. Don't make a decision in agreement with pressure. You know, people will come and put pressure on you. Pastor, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Pastor, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? What are we going to do? What are you going to do? What are you going to do? We've got to do something. We've got to do something. Hey, we've got to do something. got to do something. Hey, we need to do something. got to do something, Pastor. And a lot of people act like, okay, we've got to do something, so let's do this. That's not, that's, that's you were led by pressure. 
Some people really do think, Brother Brett, that God's will for their life is that they face no pressure. And anything that moves them into a less pressure place is God's will. And that's not true. God will... Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They entered a furnace hotter than anybody had ever had it. They didn't bow under pressure. They didn't let the pressure make the decision. People want to make a move towards God, God, and Satan stirs up pressure. And a lot of people, I watch them, they're on, a, they're on a merry-go-round. They're on this cycle. They're on this roller coaster. They make a decision, they go a certain route because they need money, they need finances or whatever. So they get out of the will of God, and they get out of the will of God chasing money. And then they get under conviction, and that's not working out. They're not fulfilled. There's no joy. And they go, you know what, I've got to get off this thing. So I'm going to get off, I'm going to go over here. They start serving God for a little while, start making progress. But sure enough, Satan's going to attack them, start putting pressure on them. And, but, and here we go again, they yield to the pressure, got to have money, got to have finance, so I go back over here. And this, is the, and this is where they spend decades of their life. And you know what happens every time? You're going to have to pass that test, sweetie. You don't get to skip third grade in spirit. A lot of us, you know, it's like God told Pastor Dennis. You're not going anywhere until you can tie that $18. Uh, Nowhere. You're just going to keep taking this. We're just going to keep taking it. A lot of people live in spiritual remedial class. They keep failing the same test. Amen. Amen. You're going to have to stand up against your Goliath and be led by God and not by the devil, pressure, circumstances, the opinions of others, money, lack of money. Learn to be led by peace. Are you with me? I'm I'm almost done here. You know, here's another people that people can, they get confused and they get tripped up in. Um, They decide to go a certain way and they get mentally excited about it. They call that the peace of God. No. I have, in my emotions, done all that. I'm getting what I want. This is what I want. Oh, my God, this is just so... But in here, dead. Just dead. Lifeless, no witness. But we want to reason ourselves into being led. So we call this emotional thing we got. They're having a sale at Chainsaw on Chainsaws. That's not a leading to buy a chainsaw. You know what I mean? We can get in our emotions and call that peace. Call that joy. But if you really checked and we're honest down on the inside, it's the exact opposite. So don't mislabel things. Amen? Then at the same time, at the same time, like building this building, under such pressure in my head, my head just under assault. And I just, I just knew during periods of this time from Jackson to here that I'd miss God. I just knew it. Because it looks like failure. Not for a month, guys. I mean, for like years. And we did everything we could build. Jennifer's part of that conversation. We're going to build us a pole barn. I mean, all kinds of stuff I tried to do. I tried to take us here. I tried to take us. My head was just fighting me, fighting me, fighting me. And you know what you want to say is, this is a check. This is an indication that this is not God. Nuh-uh-uh. Nuh-uh-uh. No, no, no. That is your mind. Fighting against the circumstance. It is the discomfort of your soul. Don't call that a check. That's not a check. Well, I'm just really uncomfortable back there in children's ministry. That's not a check. That's not a check. Right? 
The devil wants to bring all this confusion. Amen. And, and if we would just learn, look here, and if we, if we got peace here, I'm going with it. And don't, oh my God, don't take the leading of God, the peace of God, and pull it up into your mind. Don't do it. Because that's how you end up confused. The leading of the Spirit does not need mental analysis. You're not going to make it better. You're not going to get more clarity by pulling the leading of the Spirit up into your mind and analyzing it. You're going to, you're, what you're going to do is give the devil, you're going to give the devil an opportunity to deceive you and to delude yourself and to come up with a reason not to do that thing you've got peace about. When the Holy Ghost says, give a hundred, and you pull that up in your mind, go, well, and you start thinking about, nope, you missed it. And you say, Pastor, I'm just struggling. Yeah, you're struggling because you had a leading from God and you pulled it up into your mind. And you tried to analyze it. And now you're confused. Let the peace be the umpire, not your thinker. It's fine. You know, a lot of times I do, like I said, I think about stuff. But while I'm thinking, I'm checking. A lot of times I'll move in a particular direction, not because I know it's God, but because I know that as I go a particular way, if I'll check, I'll either have that peace or I won't. But a lot of times people won't move at all. They're just going to sit here. They're just going to stand there. No, I'm, I'm moving and checking. I'm sniffing around. I'm looking. And I am thinking. And I'm praying. And I'm checking. And that, that's, that's how I live. I'm not perfect at it yet, but I'm getting better all the time Amen. in my accuracy. Amen. Sometimes I'll have a sweet church member, just a sweet church member, and all of a sudden, hmm, I know there's something going on. Yeah. They, they've been talking about me, or they're going through a test or trial, or they're offended, Amen. or they're, be, you know, they're being disobedient in some area, and I need to pray for them. Or, but I've learned. Yeah. And I've learned if I don't have anything that she does... I've learned. Y'all get anything? Yeah. Praise God. Praise God. You know, I'll give you one more. I'm not turning there, but I'll give you a reference in James chapter 3, verse 13. You know, people that you want to hear from God, be led on a regular basis. Understand this, God works in peace. So you have to stop fussing. You have to stop fighting. You have to stop striving. The more drama you allow in your life, the less you'll hear from God. Some people, you know, God bless them. Drama, 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 drama. Soap opera, everything's The Bachelor. I don't watch that show. I just know by the concept. You know, drama. Housewives of Beverly Hills, whatever. Drama, 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 drama. You can't hear from God like that. I said, you can't hear from God like that. The Bible says here in James that the devil has wisdom. And it's earthly, and it's sensual, and it's devilish. And it says there in James, in that passage, beginning in verse 13, that where there is bitterness, where there is envy... And where there is strife, it doesn't say there's the leading of the Spirit. It says there is what? Somebody tell me. There is confusion. There's confusion. And every kind of evil work is there. Where there I don't allow it. You can come work for me. You don't get to fight. You don't get to, you don't get to strive. You leaders... You don't get to bicker with each other. You're going to walk in love. We're going to rob our special meeting with Reverend Siegel next week of power for you fussing and fighting over stuff. Husbands and wives, it's not worth it. You've got, you all have to hear from God. So let her have her way. We'll talk about that later, Brother Tony.
Now you're preaching. Preaching good? Amen. Just let her have her way. Peace. Amen. Peace. Okay, real quick. When I say go, you guys all in this section over here, give me a really good yakety yak, yak, yakety yak, yak, and don't stop. And then when over here, when I tell this, these two sections to go, you give me a really sweet hum. Okay, ready? Ready? Go. Give me a hum. God doesn't work in this. Now everybody go, hmm. That's what God works in. Amen. Amen. Stand up. Praise God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. These messages, if you'll apply them, practice, change your life. Totally change your life.